The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in for episode 94 of Above the Nest with Rachel, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, Rachel Privet, and on today's episode, I am joined by a very special guest. We are going to preview the Eagles week eight game against the Washington Commanders in Landover, Maryland. And so we're going to get into that. But before we do, don't forget to rate, leave a comment, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on uh, Twitter and follow us on Instagram at Bleeding Green Insta. You can follow us on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. But on today's episode, I am joined by the post-game and in-game host on 106.7 The Fan and Team 980, Linnell Willingham. What's up, Linnell? How's it going? How are you I'm, feeling? I'm good. Life life is tough here in D.C. being a Commanders fan right now and a little losing streak going on, but I'm, I'm trying to stay afloat. I appreciate you all having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, you touched on it. The Commanders just lost to the New York Giants. The final score was 14 to 7. Now they're going to be playing the Eagles, who are definitely doing their thing. They're 6 and 1, just defeated the Miami Dolphins week 7. And so, on our instant reaction show that we do every single week, we do a temperature check with our fans. And uh-huh. it's pretty three words we asked them to drop in the comments and let us know like how would you describe this game how are you feeling pretty much and so as someone who covers the Washington Commanders I thought it was only right to do that for you and so uh one of the parts of it is who's getting fired so from the commander's perspective right now based on everything that's going on who is someone that fans are demanding be fired or is to blame well, a lot of people are blaming Ron Rivera. He's going into year four of a five-year deal, and they're playing the last three off-seasons at the game's most important position. To me, just hasn't made a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, the big storyline with Washington this year is them going into the season with Sam Howell after his Week 18 performance against Dallas, 11 completions. Didn't knock my socks off at all in Week 18, but it definitely seemed like it was worth taking an extended look at him. Now that we've gotten into the regular season, though, Rachel, he just simply hasn't played well. I thought last weekend in New York was probably the worst performance of his young career to this point. Uh, the sacks obviously has been a big issue here locally. He's on a historic pace right now in terms of the amount of sacks uh, that he's taken in the first seven weeks. It, it's hard for me, right? Always, I used the analogy here recently. It's a time and place for everything, right, Rachel? 
like I don't know what type of hip hop music you like to listen to. I like to listen to Lil Wayne. I'm not gonna walk into my nine o'clock Sunday service bumping Lil Wayne on the boombox, and I'm no. not gonna develop a quarterback in year four of a five year deal. There's a time and place for yep. everything. I'm just not not a big fan of the overall direction right now that uh, under Ron Rivera's stewardship. We obviously had a significant ownership change happen over the summer, so I know a lot of fans and a lot of media members here locally are optimistic about the group because of that. But the Josh Harris group, I've been they're on the clock right now for me as well. Mm. The trade deadline's coming up next week. A lot of people are clamoring for them to sell off guys like Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And my whole thing is this, Rachel. If it's Ron Rivera in this current front office doing the moves, I don't want them to do anything. I don't care if I lose Chase Young for a comp pick. They don't deserve the opportunity to ruin this franchise any more than they already have. And then from Josh Harris's perspective, Obviously, there was a little bit of a holdup in the transition of power because they were trying to get together all these minority partners. Basically, the money was a little funny at the end. But that's that's here. That's hearsay. Right. My thing is, back in March, he probably knew that he was going to end up with this team. My thing is, if you are looking ahead as an owner and really serious about your product, you're going to be on the horn trying to find your football people, because we know that Ron Rivera and company in the current front office in place. It shouldn't be allowed to make any more decisions. So with the trade deadline looming, and you don't want to lose Chase Young for nothing, who's a free agent uh, at season's end. You don't want to lose Sweat for nothing, who's a free agent at season's end. There are a couple of guys on this defense who you could possibly lose for nothing. I'm not comfortable with Ron's people making those decisions. Now, if Josh Harris has people that he's talking to undercover, which I hope he is, um, then if, if, if he wants to make the move and it's it's he's being, I guess, directed by the eventual people that'll be in power sure but mm-hmm. a long way to say it's still a lot of turmoil here yeah and ron rivera has been in leadership for what four years now and just hasn't really had a lot of success no. over you know he's responsible he is definitely the one to blame so do you think that if the commanders lose to the eagles on sunday is that it for him or what's the timeline for letting like is he going to be fired this season um what's the timeline looking like i mean me personally i think after you lost sunday to new york i would have cut the cord right then i probably would have cut the cord thursday night after the loss to chicago mm-hmm. but as we know it's it's difficult because this group just took over josh harris is also the owner of the philadelphia 76ers as well as yep. the new jersey devils so we all know about the process in Philly, right? I, I'm yep. not here for the process, though, Josh Harris. I hope I hope he doesn't exude the same level of patience mm. here in Washington that he did with the Philadelphia 76ers, because if he does, I think the fan base will probably be upset. To go back to the, the original question, am I firing after a loss to Philly? Me personally? Yeah, I don't see what it would do and what harm it would have. I think it would allow Eric Bieniemy to get what, nine or ten games as the interim head coach, and then you figure out at season's end whether he's the guy or, or if you're going to go take the field. But I, I'm not against an in-season firing. It's just something that seems unlikely to this point. We touched on Sam Howe and how he just has not looked good. 40 sacks through the first seven weeks. Yeah. And all of the sacks have not been his fault. A lot of them, yes, but the offensive line is definitely to blame as well. And so are we expecting to see any type of changes? Like you said, the trade the trade deadline is yeah. coming quickly. Uh, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. are we expecting to see any changes coming soon? Because at this point, we're going into week eight. And you guys are dealing with the same 
struggles each and every week. Like you said, it's it's like a horror story or like a horror film being put on replay. It's the same thing each and every week. You're losing the same ways. I want to touch on the Sam House sacks because that's something that I've been trying to dispel here locally. If, the, if there was a veteran quarterback under center, like Jacoby Brissett, who is the team's backup, yeah. I don't think he would have taken 40 sacks up to this point. I think a lot of Sam's sacks have to do with his inability to process quick enough. Mm-hmm. And I, now I understand Sunday was very different. He had the, his average time to throw ratio was 2.2 seconds. Now there's really no quarterback in the National Football League who can function under those conditions. So I yeah. kind of give him a pass for what happened on Sunday. But via pro football focus, he's taken 40 sacks this year. They have attributed just 12 to the offensive line. Washington's offensive line is ranked ninth in pass block win rate. So for me here locally, I've been screaming from the mountaintops that maybe it's time to get another look under center to see if it's a offensive line problem or is a quarterback problem. Because the yeah. numbers, you know, kind of are either which way. It doesn't really tell the whole story to me. Mm. You also but, talk- oh, the, the offensive line, though, I do want to, in terms of the trade deadline, they did. Yeah. We just found out Ron Rivera just finished speaking to the media about 10 minutes ago. Okay. They're they're having to shuffle along the offensive line because their left guard, Sadiq Charles, uh, is dealing with a calf injury. He didn't practice today, and there's some concern about his uh, availability moving forward. So they may have to shuffle some along the offensive line. And, when you're going up against the Dirty Birds, that's that's not a team that you try to shuffle your offensive line against. Yeah, and we are recording on Wednesday, October 25th at 4.46 p.m. for the listeners out there. You guys probably won't hear this until a little bit later. But, yeah, just a heads up on that one. Um, we already talked about the trade deadline quickly approaching next Tuesday, October 31st on Halloween. And there have been some rumors about Chase Young and Montez Sweat possibly being available. There initially were reports that, you know, they might be getting traded. But then I also heard recently that Jeremy Fowler said that the team is not looking to part ways with them. And so what do you think is going to happen? Will Montez Sweat and Chase Young be on this roster come October 31st? It's like the million-dollar question right now here. Yeah. And for me, when, when you've had the limited success that this roster has had over the past four seasons, I think everyone should be on the table as long as you're not going to hurt yourself financially by making a move. But mm-hmm. the, the, the situation with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I think, is a little bit because they have expiring contracts. Now, if you remember, Washington made the decision uh, this spring to decline Chase Young's fifth-year option. Now, at the time, it made a little bit of sense. Uh, he's coming off a pretty significant injury, only played four games last year, more of like a sense of motivation not picking up the option. And damn, is he motivated, Rachel. He's come out as top 10 of the National Football League and pass rush win rate. He's, he's top 10 in sacks, so he's playing really well. The problem is, is you now have a decision to make coming up, as you mentioned, on October the 31st. I said it at the beginning of this. I don't want Ron Ron Rivera and this current staff making any more decisions in terms of buying or selling uh, with this current roster. Now, if Josh Harris and his ownership group, if they have an idea of who the next general manager is going to be, if that's who they're consulting about making these moves, I'd be all on board for it. But at this point, if I had to pick between the two, I'm getting rid of Montez Sweat. Chase Young is 24 years old, has been more productive than Montez at this point. And I think when you talk to talent evaluators across the league, Rachel, they just feel like Chase's upside, although he's got the injury history, is just a little bit more than Montez Sweat. Yeah, he's looked really good, especially coming back from an injury. Like, in the midst of this return, he has tackles, five sacks through his first six games. And so he's been looking really, really good. But a player that has not been looking 
all that great. And I've been hearing some frustration about is Jahan Dotson. Mm. What's going on with him? What's up with <laughs> this, this fan base? First of all, Rachel, you know, you if, like, I don't know if you grew up in the area, you know how crazy this fan base is. <laughs> he ain't that bad, right? I feel like, I feel like it's being, we're speaking like in hyperbole when we talk about Jahan Dotson and what he's done this year. What he did last year was, was tremendous for this offense. He's a red zone threat. He's a guy that can win with short area quickness. Like he's he has all the traits you want in a wide receiver. The one thing that has frustrated a lot of fans this year is his lack of usage in the offense. Now, the one thing, the one criticism I will have about Eric Bieniemy's offense as a whole is they don't feature anybody. When you come from the Kansas City Chiefs, where you feature Travis Kelsey, you expected that. Uh, to be the case here, we have Terry McLaurin, we have Jahan, as you mentioned, we have Curtis Samuel, we have two decent tight ends and Logan Thomas and Cole Turner. So I think Jahan's lack of production is just from the ball being spread around so much. Now, when you break it down and look at the analytics, I believe he's like second on the team in terms of like target percentage within the offense. So it's just not, it's him not completing the catches, I would say. And I'm not yes. necessarily drops. A big mm -hmm. play last weekend that everyone's all upset about is the final play offensively for Washington. They have a fourth down situation. Sam Howe throws the ball like three yards behind Jahan Dotson, yet people expect him to catch it. That's not that's what I call not making the layups in the National Football League at the quarterback position. You got to put that ball out in front of him and give your guy a shot. I think Jahan's been fine. He's had a couple of key drops. You all should know how well Jahan has done. He capped <laughs> off that that game time drive, Rachel. So fair. Look fair. Exactly. So I, I think he's been good. I'll, I'll say yeah. that he's been good. I wouldn't be looking to deal him at the deadline. Yeah. He's somebody I think is definitely a part of the long-term plans. Yeah. Mind you, it wasn't enough, you know, to see what he was doing. Look, you can talk to trash. I'm okay with it. But look, it. Sunday, Sunday is going to be interesting. I'm, I mentioned one of my best friends is an Eagles fan. Yes. Don't make that face, Rachel. Don't, don't make that face. Y'all know, know how competitive we are when we take on each other. Oh, fair. Yeah. The fact, that we, the fact that we didn't get our dub at the link, though, makes me nervous because I don't remember the last time we beat Philly at home. I think it was Ron's first year, actually. The last time. We oh, beat oh no! Last year, remember y'all upset the Eagles. I was at that game. No, no, I'm saying at Philly though. I don't, I don't remember the last time we've won at FedEx against Philadelphia. I think you got to go back to Ron's oh. first year. Oh, so the COVID God. year, where there were no fans in attendance and no one knew what to expect, yeah. and that was the beginning of the end for Carson Wentz. Yeah, and you know the Eagles fans <laughs> travel everywhere, yeah. so. They're definitely gonna, you know, be out there. Like that's it's easy. supposed to be. Washington announced two weeks ago that this is their fourth straight sellout uh, at home. So I hope it's sold out for the wrong reasons, Rachel. Like you said, because these Eagles fans travel. Yeah. Um. So the Commanders are three and four currently. At this point in the season, what would you constitute as a successful season? <sighs> See me, me. I'm one of the crazy fans. Yeah, okay. Me, I, I still think it's worth making a quarterback change, going to Jacoby Brissett, who is quite literally, I believe, the highest paid backup quarterback in the National Football League. So you paid him to bag for a reason. Yeah. He didn't get any first-team reps during all of training camp, so they have that much confidence in him that when, he's, when it's time to go to him, it's time to go to him. I think we may have reached that point, depending on how the first half goes against Philadelphia. If Sam doesn't look good, I'm going to Jacoby. And then I've ride it out with him the rest of the way. I think when you look at Washington's schedule, it ain't easy. You still got games against San Francisco. You got two matchups against Dallas. You got to play the Giants one more time. You got Miami. They got to string together some wins, though. And I think it starts if they have a veteran under center. So in terms of, like, 
Am I optimistic about the finish? What should the expectations be? I think anytime you're Ron Rivera in this regime and you've cracked the playoff egg once since you've gotten here, I think that's got to be your number one priority right now is winning football games. So will they do that? It's a different story. I think it's all going to – how they come out against Philly, I think, is going to tell the story. Yeah. Um, the last time these two teams matched up, it was it was a good game. It I was. Mean, the opponent and the Eagles not play the way yeah. that I thought yeah. they were going to perform. I don't think it's going to be the same on Sunday. Yeah. But when you look at this Eagles offense, they are pretty loaded. Who, aside yeah, from Jalen Hurts, because we talk about Jalen Hurts because he's Jalen Hurts. Like, he's dying. Yes. Super. Aside from Jalen Hurts, who would you say is going to be the most threatening um, – going into this game who are you who should commander sam be the most scared of? they already know they already know he's making he's taking a claim as to being one of the daddies of the washington commanders okay aj brown right okay. now for my money is the best wide receiver in the national football league i like he him. makes jalen hurts right 99 percent of the time i think we, i said it before we got on here i predicted a jalen hurts regression this year anyone here in dc who's listened to me in the summer like i think he's a 200 million dollar leader i would not have paid him that amount of money but when you support surround him with the supporting cast that they have which is why i think uh howie rose was the best executive in all of pro sports not just the nfl his constant having the foot on the gas and putting talent around him i think it's been huge but aj brown i think is like the straw that stirs the drink for this team offensively in terms of the wide receiver core for sure he scares me the most so how do commander the commanders attempt to contain him going against him on sunday well i, well, I don't think it'll be emmanuel forbes guarding him this time around yeah. rachel so Forbes actually only played three snaps last week against New York. He didn't play any defensive snaps against right. Atlanta. So I don't know if he's still in the doghouse or not. Kendall Fuller's had a pretty decent year. Uh, okay. Kendall, a local guy with a good counsel here. He's from the area. I think he's their best option in terms of trying to guard A.J. Brown. But when you just look across the league, no one's had a plan for how to stop A.J. Brown. Like I said, he's been the best wide receiver in football to this point. I think he's getting better and better. I know there was some – reported friction early on in the year it wasn't really friction that's what happens when yeah. two passionate football players yeah. want to get better it's interesting though Rachel, because you probably would agree with this up until the first washington game philadelphia's passing offense just wasn't there right there were some clear struggles the chunk plays weren't there jalen hurts had a, a struggle to protect the football mm -hmm. but the last couple of weeks since they've played washington this offense has been dynamic through the air Yep. I know the local cat, DeAndre Swift, has gotten involved in the running game, but I think they're at their best when they're, you know, creating these chunk plays down the field with, with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And then Dallas Goddard on Sunday night on national tight end. Yeah. Goes eight, <laughs> you know what? goes crazy. So it's a loaded offense that y'all got. Yeah. yeah. So before I get you out of here, yeah. uh, I got to ask a score prediction. Don't put Come is on. any of my local people going to catch this? Of course they <laughs> yeah. are. No, I won't use score it as a <laughs> score prediction. Now, these games are, are relatively close, so don't don't yeah. think I'm crazy when I say this. Okay. I actually think it's a pretty high-scoring affair, sort of okay. like we saw in the first meeting. First one, yeah. I think Philadelphia sneaks out of there 27 to 23. I do expect both quarterbacks to turn the football over. Jalen Hurts can't stop turning the football over. Yeah. Sam can't stop getting sacked. Yeah. I think it's two teams on paper that I think if you, like, took the records away, I always say styles make fights, Rachel. So I think Washington's strength is stopping the run. Philly's strength is running the football. I think it makes for a good matchup. I think it'll be close, though. 27-23 equals is what I'll go. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, do of you course you're here for it. Yeah, I'm going to be here for it. I mean, it's realistic. <laughs> like, I was gonna it, have is, it. it is. 
<laughs> it's definitely realistic. Plug anything before I get you out of here. Let our uh, listeners know where to find you. Almost definitely follow me on our all social media platforms at N E L L underscore BTP. That's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, wherever you want to find me. And then uh, the free Odyssey app, which I'm sure you guys use down there in Philly as well. Uh, you can catch me on 1067 The Fan and the Team 980. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yes, man. I appreciate you giving me some time. P G N.